Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. Today's episode is for those who do a back-to-school time parents meeting. I know some of you meet all summer, so you may or may not do a back-to-school or back-to-troop parents meeting. But for those who take breaks over the summer, like my troop, a back-to-school or back-to-troop parent or guardian meeting is a great idea for lots of reasons. So why do a back-to-school or beginning-of-the-year parents meeting? First of all, you can talk about what's coming up for the year, like events and dates and what kinds of activities you're going to be doing. Second of all, you can get volunteer commitments and even adult registrations either in general volunteering or even for specific roles. Um, So just depending on how you run your troop or how you want to run your troop, this is a great time to get volunteers to commit to specific chaperone opportunities or to rotate into meetings if you need them for that extra adult um, for ratio purposes. Or you can, you know, get a cookie mom or a troop treasure or whatever. Um... Or just in general, any, and this is kind of what we tend to do, any adult who might be interested in chaperoning or whichever adult or adults from the family who might help us out with cookie booths, we go ahead and get them registered and get their paperwork right then and there at the meeting. You can do snack signups if your troop does snack. My troop has always done snack in the past. This is the first year we're getting rid of it, so we actually didn't do that this year. But that's something you can definitely do at this meeting. Go ahead and get people to sign up for specific snack, either items or dates or whatever. Um, You can get all the paperwork, all the permission slips, health history forms, everything like that out of the way at this meeting. You're not going to be chasing them down later. And it's an opportunity to talk about Girl Scouts and GSLE and use all the terminology and buzzwords so that the parents and guardians can get really familiar with all of that. Um, And it's also an opportunity to set expectations and to make expectations really clear in both directions. So you get the opportunity to set expectations about money and uniforms and attendance or RSVPs and everything like that. And you can also find out what their expectations are as well. In my troop, we do as much as possible um, as a drop-off type thing. So we try to do a parent-guardian meeting at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year so that we get dedicated face time with families. Some of the parents or guardians chaperone stuff throughout the year and help out with like carpool and cookie booths, but not every family has an adult who really helps out with the troop at all, which is completely fine, but this ensures that we get, like, specific dedicated face time with those families twice a year. Here's what we went over at this year's parent and guardian meeting just about two weeks ago. We did an introduction of all the leaders and specifically of the new leaders. So in the past, we had like general troop leadership. Now we have level specific leadership. We do have two new troop leaders, technically two and a half because our fourth troop leader came in in the middle of last year. So out of four total, 
all the parents know me and have known me for years, um, unless they're brand new parents, of course. And then we have two brand new troop leaders and one that started in the middle of the year. So whether we had new parents who hadn't met any of us and needed a brief introduction or just in general so that all the returning parents could meet the new troop leaders and have the opportunity to see their faces and to hear a, a little bit about their story. And just to give you perspective, we spent like five minutes on this. So it wasn't like an in-depth introduction. Um... Then we went over like an introduction to Girl Scouts. Now, new parents in particular, this is super helpful for, but it's also helpful for the returning parents because you can do like, I don't know, reinforcement of some of the terminology. And um, we specifically talked about like the different levels and the fact that it's a K to 12 program and which levels correspond with which grades. So this is applicable both to current and um, new members because as the girls age, they age up into new levels. And some of the parents may not realize when bridging is going to happen, what the level is that girls are bridging to. Um, some parents just truly like have no idea. Even if their girls have been in for four years or five years, they just don't know what comes next. And so it's an opportunity to like lay it out for them so they can see it. We also talk about the four program pillars, the STEM, life skills, entrepreneurship, and outdoor skills. Um, and truly, we talk about the fact that there are four pillars and that's what they are. Um, we also talk about the five GSLE outcomes, and we also talk about the um, activities and uh, methods. So the girl-led learning by doing and um, cooperative learning, as well as discover, connect, and take action. And when you're doing discover, connect, and take action in the way of girl-led learning by doing and cooperative learning, you get the five GSLE outcomes, which are um, strong sense of self, positive values, healthy relationships, seeking challenges, and um, community problem solving. So if you need a more in-depth um, coverage of GSLE, I'm going to put the links to some really good GSLE recap episodes in the show notes. I just called them really good, which is really embarrassing because it's my own episode. But I think that they're a really good uh, recap of the whole thing. I think it's a really comprehensive, I guess you could say, recap of what GSLE is and how it's structured. And GSLE, of course, is the Girl Scout Leadership Experience. So we go over those terms with parents. And once again, I'm not doing an hour-long GSLE deep dive with parents during this meeting, although you definitely could, um, like my previous episodes. No, this is literally five minutes to just basically put the terms in front of them and tell them that that structure exists, which really helps with some legitimacy and establishing like that trust and establishing a sense of expertise, etc. with your parents that you are actually doing a legitimate program, that the things that the girls are going to get out of this are high level, really good, short and long term impacts. And so it's just putting that, um, verbiage in front of them and those ideas in their faces so that um, as you continue to use consistent language like that, you're reinforcing to parents their perception that Girl Scouts is having a really positive impact on girls as, as a whole, but even specifically their daughter. Okay, so five minutes on that. Then we spent about five minutes recapping um, 
like when we have our meetings and where and kind of what the structure of meetings look looks like we do um our meetings as drop-offs so actually none of our troop leaders have girls in the troop we do have three moms who uh come to i'll say who are this year this is the first time they're going to come to most meetings to help out but we have four troop leaders really and none of them have kids in the troop so it's kind of important that we sort of set an expectation for parents and guardians so they know what happens when they drop their kids off and like what they can expect and anticipate their kids are doing when they get dropped off there it's not just like kind of an unknown but again just a five minute overview like this is what we do um, then we spent about 10 minutes on troop funds and this was everything from fall product to, and how that works. And again, like an overview of fall product, you could easily spend 10 minutes on fall product, right? And for your new parents, they're going to need a lot more of a fall product explanation. Or if your parents have never done fall product before, if your families have never done it before, it's going to require a lot more than like a two or three minute overview. But um, this was really just to give an overview to introduce, again, the terminology, the concepts, the timeline, etc. We also talk about cookies during that time um, and sort of how cookies work. And then we also talk about if there's going to be any other fundraisers and how that works. And we also spent about related about five more minutes on level specific funding. So in the past, my multi-level troop has done pretty much all activities together, but now we've grown a lot and we cover daisies all the way through cadets. So Daisy Brownie Junior Cadet, which if you're newer to Girl Scouts, um, right now we have first graders through sixth graders. And there's just a really big difference between first graders and sixth graders, obviously, and the types of activities that they can do and what they are progressively ready to do as far as like the sixth graders are planning a trip out of state um, and the kindergartners are working up to their first ever overnight together so like just completely different um, places in their lives so now that we have such a discrepancy in level we also have to address how we're gonna handle the funding for each level because our top sellers in third grade and fifth grade aren't going to be funding a sixth grade out-of-state trip that they're not invited on, right? So it's really important that the money goes to the appropriate places. So we need to protect our general fund um, that funds like our basic troop supplies that are shared among all the levels that is going to um, pay for the activities that our troop does do as one big group. But then we also are going to need to distribute the funds across the levels and give girls the opportunity to raise money and save for things that they want to do as level specific goals and opportunities. So um, we spent about five minutes talking about how we were going to handle that in our troop. And I can do a whole other episode on the different ways to manage troop funds, especially across a multi-level troop. But there is a budgeting episode that I have that's separate. But honestly, like that is a little bit much to cover in this um, episode. You probably have, if you are an existing troop, you have your own method for how troop finances work. And this is basically just to be transparent with the parents about money. Um, they're handing in during cookie season, hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars to you in deposits. And then they don't know where that money goes. So it's letting them know, like, first of all, we make however many cents 
off of each package. So you might be turning in thousands of dollars to me, but most of that money I'm then turning into Girl Scouts, right? One way or another, um, depending on how your council operates, but it's letting them know, like, <laughs> you might feel like you're handing over thousands and thousands of dollars. This is how much the troop actually makes. And then this is how we spend that money. We also spend a couple minutes on uniform expectations and purchase lists. Now, again, this is like two minutes. We talk about the fact that we, quote unquote, require um, uniforms at every single meeting, which is totally up to you. You don't have to. We did not require uniforms in the past. Some girls would show up in uniform and some girls wouldn't. Um, but we are requiring them this year and we basically made that, um, expectation known. And we also told them why, which is that statistically like studies show that girls actually do show up differently and participate differently when they're in uniform. It also creates a cohesive atmosphere for new girls to come into. They feel like they're entering and joining something. Um, and then, uh, also, and this is, a somewhat shallow, but probably my most important reason, and I was transparent with parents about this, it makes for the best pictures, in my opinion. It looks like they're at Girl Scouts if they're in uniform. So when we revisit those pictures later, or if we use them for recruitment, or if I include them in a card that I send out to the girls or whatever, or when they're making scrapbooks later and they look back at those pictures in the future, it looks like they're at Girl Scouts if they were in uniform. And the pictures just look better. I like them better. I feel excited. I feel like I can identify that was at Girl Scouts. So, um, yeah, and that's a really shallow and selfish reason, but it's just how I feel. We also give purchase lists to parents who are buying uniforms. So whether that's a brand new girl to our troop who doesn't have a uniform or if it's um, girls who just leveled up, we ask the parents to buy the uniforms. My troop does not provide. So we also give a purchase list. Different troops do that differently. So if you purchase the uniforms for your girls, then you don't need to include a purchase list, but you still probably want to set uniform expectations. Okay, then we also do forms and adult registration. So um, we do all the forms, like this is an opportunity to do all the permission slips, all of the health history forms, all of the chaperone agreements and whatever, anything that your council requires that you get filled out, especially if it's, it has to be filled out year after year, then this is the opportunity to get all of that while you have at least most of the parents sitting there at your attention. Like we went ahead and made packets ahead of time, handed them out so that one of each thing or whatever, two of each thing, depending on the, the family was, um, ready to just be handed to them to hand out, to fill out that information on the spot and hand the form back in before they left. That way we'll be chasing way fewer forms as the year gets going. We also do adult registration right on the spot. So we go ahead and let them know that if they're going to be doing carpool, if they're going to be staying for any events, if they're going to go camping with us, if they're going to chaperone any kind of um, activity, we're going to need, to, if they're going to do a cookie booth, we're going to need to have their um, registration and background check on file. We talk about um, what the cost is annually to register and also that we need an adult health form on file for them as well as um, a chaperone agreement. And now this is going to vary depending on your council. You're going to want to refer to your council for what forms you need, but you, you can at least let them know you need them um, registered right there on the spot. And if you have multiple troop leaders, especially, you can go ahead and have computers there on the spot ready at the whatever join page for your council and go ahead and get parents registered right there on the spot. Um, 
and then just let them know about the background check. And I just go ahead and let adults know. I kind of remind them like, yeah, it's a little bit of extra effort to get background checked, et cetera, especially to get any adult who might be involved. Um, so some families have two, three, even four parents and guardians that might be um, participating. And we just let them know, listen, I want to be able to guarantee to every single one of you, I want to be able to look you in the face and guarantee I know what adults are with your children when they're part of Girl Scouts. And if you put it that way, adults are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I can understand why you want that. It's like, yeah. So um, and then also, of course, being transparent about we need it for insurance purposes. I have to have it on file. You have to be a member with a registration and a background check on file in order to be covered by insurance. So I have to have it, period. Um, and then getting people registered right there on the spot kind of takes away some of the like objections. So um, we spend about three minutes going over that, but honestly, we give the parents all of those forms when they come in, so they're filling them out while we're going over the other information. So you don't spend a ton of time talking about it. Um, surveys, which I'm going to talk quite a bit more about in a minute, but we do a back to troop survey to get information about the parents' perceptions and expectations around their girls' participation in Girl Scouts. So we just kind of tell them why we're collecting that information and what kind of stuff is on it and why it's important. Spend just like a minute or two on that. Um, troop communications, how can they expect to receive communication from you and what are the appropriate ways for them to RSVP? We spend about five minutes going over that. We have a Facebook group, we email, we're just starting to use the remind app this year. Um, and of course, like they can text us or whatever. They can get a hold of us anyway. They can get a hold of us is perfectly fine. And, uh, this is how we're going to re regularly communicate back. Okay, so then we go over the dates for the year. I like to go into a parents' meeting having the entire calendar of events for the year. Uh, we do all of our troop meetings, of course, are easy to project out on the calendar. And then I also like to do about one to two events per month. Um, and so I like to just pick dates that work for me and put them on the calendar and go ahead and put it out there. Um, sometimes those dates are like tentative and they're subject to change and sometimes they're kind of set in stone already and I'll just mark which are which on the sheet that I give them um, that talks about the dates for the year. This is also an opportunity to find out who specifically is interested in chaperoning for specific things. If you have a camping trip coming up, find out who you already know is interested in going camping so that you just have a short list ready. Um... Okay, and then after that, we do a Q&A. And so that's that's basically what our um, agenda looked like or whatever for our parents' meeting that we just did. And that's pretty consistent with what we've done in years past. Now, as for the physical printouts and handouts that we gave them, we included, of course, a general permission and health history form that is required by council to have on file for every girl. I'm pretty sure every single council has an equivalent of this. I did not include this in the uploads because it is council specific. So mine is, is very, has my council name written all over it. You're going to want to get this from your council. We also do adult health history forms. Same thing goes for that. It's basically the same form, but it's geared toward adults instead of girls. We also have a product program permission form in my council that's required every year. It covers both um, cookies and fall product and any other money earning program that takes place over the course of the year. And it's basically um, 
a permission for your girl for their girl to participate in a money earning activity with your troop and also it talks about the financial liability for selling girl scout products so the fact that if they take a box of cookies um to sell they owe the troop that money they're financially liable for any of the boxes that they take into their possession so they're agreeing to that your council probably has an equivalent but again that's going to be council specific um, then we also have chaperone agreements in my council. This is not required, but it's good to have. So it's just basically expectations for all chaperones. We go ahead and get that um, from everyone. And then uh, the welcome back survey form, um, which I'm going to talk about in a second, and that I did upload for you. A welcome to Girl Scout sheet, which I also did upload for you to steal and use as your own. Um, or recreate if you wish. We also this year did a handout specifically about troop funds. I did not include this because it was very specific to my troop. It was about how much money we made, how that money was spent, like how it was broken out. Um, almost like an annual report type thing for a business or a nonprofit, but instead just for our troop. And honestly, it was just one page, so it wasn't super in depth, but just to be transparent about money and where the money goes and where we make money. Um, uniform diagrams and purchase lists. I give those out to everyone, um, just as one page front and back. The returning girls who did not bridge don't need new uniforms, so they don't need the purchase list, but the uniform diagram is still helpful because they're going to be earning badges, and so I need families to know where the badges go. In a perfect world this year, my troop is going to be a at least most of the girls, the oldest girls, um, are going to be putting their own badges on their uniforms, either with badge magic and or with an iron, depending on the item and depending on the girl's grade level. Hopefully we can do that at the actual meeting so that we know everything's in the right place and the girls are getting that skill. But um, just in case, we're making sure all the adults have copies of the uniform diagram. And then the last thing we provided to them was the one-page document that had like an overview of all the dates for this um, school year, so 2019 to 2020. So I put some of these, including the surveys and everything like that, in the show notes on this podcast, but I also uploaded it to buildinggirlsofcourage.com. So if you can't figure out how to get it from the show notes, just go to buildinggirlsofcourage.com and you'll be able to find it there. Again, you're going to want to refer to your own council for health forms, permission slips, anything like that, chaperone agreements. I did take questions throughout the whole meeting, which meant the Q&A portion at the end was relatively short, but we did get a lot of questions throughout the whole meeting, which is really good because that just really demonstrates increased parent and guardian engagement. Um, one thing that I really personally have needed practice with throughout the years, and I still need practice with this with one particular parent, um, and that is being strong and convicted that I'm good at what I do and I know what I'm talking about. And as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I can talk about Girl Scouts all day, all the time, no matter what the topic is, pretty much it is... I've been involved for most of my life, and I love it so much, and I do know a lot about it. I'm definitely not a perfect leader, of course, um, and I'm learning and flexing as I go, but I am good at it, and sometimes, depending on the parent or guardian dynamic with specific families who are, like, a little more, I just don't know a better word for it other than aggressive, 
um, when they ask questions or inquire about things, it's like sometimes I find myself wanting to almost back down instead of being authoritative. So take the opportunity of a parent's meeting to establish those relationships with your parents, to build trust, and um, to show them that you really do know what you're talking about and you are good at what you do. Even if you're brand new, just own it. Just like you're going to own the troop as a whole. Like, own the meeting. All right, so let's dive in a little bit to the actual survey. For me, surveys are a good way to get an understanding of the parent and guardian expectations and perceptions across the whole group. I do like to have one-on-one conversations with parents throughout the year, of course, where I get a chance to ask them questions and, and stuff like that. But the beginning and end of year are dedicated opportunities to get insight into what's going on in these parents and guardians' heads. I've touched on end-of-year surveys a bit in past episodes, and I'm sure that we will talk about them more again, but today I'm going to specifically focus on beginning of the year or back-to-troop surveys. Now, if you meet year-round, you might end up kind of wrapping this into one thing, like an end-of-year recap and feedback and also a beginning-of-year expectations and whatnot, but if you take a break over the summer like we do, then this is the perfect time to leave the past in the past and just start completely fresh. Also, if you're a brand new troop, this is a great way to get to know your group as a whole a little bit. Okay, you can get the literal download that you just honestly simply print it out and pass it out to your families at buildinggirlsofcourage.com, or of course you can build one yourself. I've mentioned before how I do this, but what I do is I build my surveys in Google Forms, which is totally free, and then I print them out straight from Google. And I like to do it this way because, first of all, Google formats it for me, and second of all, because when you email it out for responses, like electronically, you're going to get way fewer parents participating than when you pass them out and ask them for a physical copy. Um, Secondly, I ask as few truly open-ended questions as possible, and I absolutely only ask questions I actually want the answers to. And I say this because I've been coaching people on feedback surveys for years based on some research methods classes I took in my master's program, and people always fall into a couple of the same traps every time they ask other people to fill out surveys for them. So if you ever have to create a survey for work or for anything else you're involved in, any of your kids' other activities, and of course Girl Scouts, this information information is applicable to all of that. So the first mistake is many people make the mistake of asking questions that aren't measurable. And by that I mean you don't really get data that's easily collectible or trackable and that makes it a challenge to understand or measure your progress with anything. I'm going to go through a few examples, but these are generic and they're not all appropriate for parents meetings. They're just examples for literally any time you're doing any kind of survey, okay? So one example would be like asking, what was your favorite thing we did this year? And okay, great, so you might know what people liked, and this might help you, because maybe it helps you plan similar things, or if everyone said the same thing, then you know what really stood out, I guess. But do you know why it was their favorite thing, and does this really help you plan the future, or does it just help you understand that there was a favorite in the past. (laughs) A better version of this question would be to ask about specific events or activities in a measurable way. So like, in October, we went to the state beach to pick up litter. What did you learn from this experience? Or, 
would you want to do a litter pickup again? Would you want to go back to the same location or would you want to go to various locations around the community? Do you have any ideas of other places we can do that? Or how about on a scale of one to five, how important do you think our October beach cleanup was? And then asking that same scale of importance for several other events. Now you can directly compare, right? So here's another example. What did you like about this year? Okay, so then maybe they make a whole list of all their favorite things, but what are you going to do with that list? What does it mean? How about asking, what's the most important lesson you've learned in Girl Scouts this year? Okay, so far these examples are all really geared toward girls and not their parents. I'm sorry. I will get to parent questions in a minute. I really just want to give examples of things that aren't really as constructive or measurable versus the things that are. Okay, the second most common mistake I see all the time is that people set themselves up for negative feedback and then they get really disheartened and feel like everyone hates them and is critical of them, that they failed and that they don't want to come back and keep volunteering. And a really simple way to avoid this is to do no open-ended questions at all. People who really want to complain about the way you do things or who really want to make suggestions for improvement are not going to wait for a survey to do it. So they're going to send you emails or stop you before or after troop meetings and events and tell you exactly what they think if it's negative. But when you ask a question on a survey like, what could we have done better this year? Everyone is going to think of an answer. Now, this is not a bad question if you really want to consider other suggestions. What was the worst thing that happened? What was your least favorite activity this year? Where could I improve as a leader? If you could change anything about our troop, what would it be? Do you see that all of these are super negative framing? And I would just honestly, like, aggressively persuade you to never ask a question framed negatively like that. It's not that it isn't helpful or measurable, it's just that it is going to make you feel really, really, really bad, and it's going to also make the people filling out the survey feel bad, because then they're going to be thinking of negatives and focusing on all the negative stuff. So they're actually more likely to be critical of the way you run the troop if you ask them, what is wrong with the way I run the troop? Does that make sense? Okay, so again, First of all, try to make everything as measurable and usable and constructive as possible. And second of all, only ask questions that you actually genuinely want to read the answers to. And so a related tip, if you're feeling a lack of gratitude or if you're feeling underappreciated, you can actually use the exact opposite of the questions above. How about what do you love the most about the troop? And where would you say I excel as a leader? And if you really want to remove any negativity, except from the really aggressive haters, make it multiple choice. What do you love most about the troop? Check all that apply. I personally love true or false questions, multiple choice questions, and sliding scale questions. If you've looked at my downloads over the past few months, you'll notice those are my go-tos for girls and adults. All right, let's move along the actual questions I actually put on my Back to Troop survey. First and foremost, I do not ask for names. So there's no identifying info on this document unless the parent chooses to put names or details that are identifying. I'm simply trying to get an idea or an understanding of the group as a whole. 
Since this is an opportunity to use Girl Scout lingo, I like to talk specifically in GSLE terms and in terms of the promise and the law. So, question number one. What parts of the Girl Scout law do you think your girl particularly excels at lately? Check all that apply. And then I list them out. Honest and fair, friendly and helpful, considerate and caring, and so on. Now, I ask this question because it's positive, and it helps with reinforcement of the same lingo and ideology both at Girl Scouts and at home. Plus, it helps to understand what we maybe need to emphasize a little less. So if everyone's families are noticing that they're really good at respecting authority and being friendly and helpful, then we don't need to harp on those every single day at Girl Scouts. We're still going to talk about them, of course, because they're part of the law, but we don't need to spend a dramatic amount of time on it. Number two, what parts of the Girl Scout law are your girl's biggest areas of opportunity? Check all that apply. Honest and fair, friendly and helpful, considerate and caring, and so on. Now, I ask this question because it's anonymous, so it's not about calling girls out, but it's about noticing if there are specific areas that, first of all, we should all be aware of, and second of all, we can really focus on and put energy into. Are we seeing that some girls are struggling with being honest at home? Some girls are struggling with maybe being responsible for what they say and do. Okay, so we know we're going to focus on those things at the meetings and make sure we really incorporate extra lessons about being honest and fair and being responsible for what we say and do at every meeting, every event, every activity. Sometimes we might specifically call it out, and sometimes we can do it in a more subtle way, but we're going to focus on this stuff, especially if we have daisies that are working on the reinforcement of the law through the petal patches, then you know what petals you might want to do first, or you might want to spend extra time on certain petals, just depending on what the surveys suggest are the biggest areas of opportunity for your group. This is also good to ask year over year because girls who have always been super honest and fair might suddenly be struggling with it, which means they've picked up new patterns or behaviors which could be based on their environments changing or hanging out with new friends at school or in their neighborhoods, or maybe they're going through something emotionally that's impacting them or whatever. What they are struggling with as far as the Girl Scout law is concerned in kindergarten is not going to be the same thing they're struggling with as far as the law is concerned in fourth or sixth or ninth grade, right? So asking every single year gives you information about what's going on going into that year. Okay, question number three. What kinds of things has your girl talked about wanting to do or be when she grows up? Now, I did this one as open-ended, yes, but I just put a few short lines and I asked a very specific question, so most likely, no one's using this space to complain. And yes, of course, I ask the girls the same question all the time, but sometimes they're saying different things at home to their parents than they are at Girl Scouts, so it's good to know what the parents are hearing at home. And sometimes parents might put that they've never had that conversation, or they maybe haven't had it recently, or that their girls are really unclear on this. And that, of course, lets you know that there's opportunity to start thinking about the future with your girls and start helping them dream and manifest ideas about what they want to do with their future. Having adults who help girls think about the future is actually one of the biggest things that Girl Scouts provides for girls. So this is a big one. Also, you're going to get a list of ideas, like girls might want to be police officers, which might inspire you to like reinforce that or introduce them to, the law, to other law enforcement career opportunities, or maybe you go tour a police station or something. The first year, 
in my troop, literally half of more than half, I don't even remember, of the troop wanted to be some kind of scientist. So we did so much science. And every single time we incorporated conversations about what kinds of careers exist in the realm of science and so on. Okay, question number four. Lately, how would you describe your girl's relationships with her peers? Now, this is one where sometimes they might give you identifying information if you leave it open-ended. So, two girls in my troop, for example, met through my troop our first year and became absolutely best friends. Now, they've grown up a lot, and they just started middle school, and honestly, by now, they are completely different people. Just, like, entirely different. Which happens, you know, but it's caused a lot of tension. <laughs> Depending on the day, they still consider themselves best friends, but the arguments and the not seeing eye to eye and having totally different priorities and so on has just completely escalated. And to be honest, they are struggling. I happen to be in touch with both girls' parents quite a bit about it, so we know like, oh, this time keep them separate in carpool, or maybe this time they're doing really well and then we can expect them to be inseparable. And the girls themselves also talked to us a little bit, too. But the first way we even found out that this was going on a year ago was through this kind of survey. It was just a good heads up that, like, hey, these girls who have been best friends for years suddenly are really struggling off and on. Um, also, we had someone who wrote this year that her girl has recently started experiencing, like, mean girl drama at school, and some girls who she really cares about liking her have become mean girls, so this mom is particularly worried about A, how do you deal with mean girls, and B, how to not become one. So now, even if we don't know who wrote that, we know that in general this is something parents are noticing with their girls. Now, if all your girls go to the same school and you have a daughter in the troop, then you might know a lot of this already. But if your girls are in different grades or they go to different schools, or if you, like me, do not have a daughter in your troop, then you wouldn't have another way to hear about it. Um, this is also a chance, though, for a parent to say, like, they've noticed bullying. Either their girl's doing bullying or is on the receiving end. Or maybe their girl has been eating lunch alone or whatever. Number five, next we do a GSLE question. Check off any areas your girl could use particular emphasis on this year. And our choices are strong sense of self, self-esteem, confidence in her abilities, health and nutrition, positive values, everything from religion, faith, ethics, to honesty and trustworthiness, to making good choices, challenge seeking, everything from overcoming failure or obstacles, learning from mistakes, trying new things, Healthy relationships, like putting herself out there to make new friends and meet new people, or developing deeper and more, like, reliable friendships, or maybe opening up and talking about her feelings and learning to express herself, um, or specifically, maybe overcoming conflict constructively. And then, of course, the fifth outcome is community problem solving, so believing she can actually personally impact the world around her. Um, and maybe actively contributing in meaningful and purposeful ways and seeking ways to overcome obstacles and so on. And then we put other with a blank line. Now, this is a great way for parents to see the actual outcomes and some of the subcategories written out right there on paper. Plus, it's once again great for you the same way the law questions are great. 
there are a lot of choices for this question and maybe parents are tempted to be like well all of these sound great and maybe also they're going to read one or two that specifically really stand out as something they do really care about seeing progress with so as you're able to use the same language throughout the year consistently and repetitively parents are going to be able to perceive that you really focused on those things and their perception is going to be positive of what you're doing with girl scouts way more than like oh, they read a story and did a corresponding craft, right? So we're using way more effective language to drive home a point to parents that this badge work has both short and long-term life impacts. Okay, question number six. Lately, how would you rank your girl's confidence in herself and her abilities? One being the least, five being the most. This is a great one to ask verbatim at the end of the year for comparison purposes and to continue to ask year over year. Hopefully, you're going to see an uptick. <laughs> Number seven, lately, how would you rank your girl's confidence and enthusiasm to try new things and seek out challenges? One being the least, which is scared, nervous, not wanting to fail. Five being the most, always trying new things and seeking adventure. Question number eight, is there anything else we need to know in particular about your girl and what she's dealing with at home, at school, or internally right now? And then we put in parentheses, feel free to identify the girl in particular in this section, or you can leave it anonymous. Now, this is an opportunity for parents to really open up to you if there's anything to express. Maybe her dad's getting remarried. Maybe her mom's having a new baby. Maybe she's expressed body insecurity. Maybe she's recently been diagnosed with a medical condition, and the list goes on and on. This is critical, and we started asking it a few years ago because we discovered, like, I don't know, halfway through um, one of one I think the second year that one of our girls was dealing with something really heavy with her family that had with her dad that had been going on for like six months and um, basically she was celebrating that this phase with her family was over and um, we felt really bad because we didn't know about it till it was over and we literally had not even known that this was happening at home for her Obviously, it was okay. Like, if she had felt comfortable talking to us and wanting and wanted to talk to us, she could have. Um, and it's not that if we had known, we would have tried to make her talk about it, because, of course, we wouldn't make her talk about it. But it would have been nice to know that she was dealing with something. And it probably also would help us be a little extra considerate when it comes to her mom, right? Knowing that her mom's basically acting as a single parent for multiple kids when it, whenever things like carpool or chaperoning or like drop off or pick up or whatever, just a general attendance at stuff all the time. Like it would have made us a lot more patient with that family knowing that that's what they were dealing with as a whole family. So those are all the questions on mine for now. That's the same survey that we've used the past two years, but it's also good to ask some of the same kinds of questions that you want to put on your end of your survey. So you can have a before and after and actually measure it against itself. So this might be something that you kind of want to think about, like what will I want to know at the end of the year? So at the end of the year, I tend to ask, um, like, what's most important about Girl Scouts? You know, college scholarships, friendships, tradition, religion, outdoor experiences, or other. Um, I also tend to ask at the end of the year if parents think their girl plans to continue through elementary school, middle school, high school, or no preference as long as she wants to. 
Um, I also tend to ask at the end of the year how prepared girls are for residential summer camp programs and so on and so forth. And again, I ask the girls the same kind of stuff all the time, all year, throughout the year. I'm always having these conversations with the girls. But I need to know what their parents' perception is of these things, not just what the girls' perception is. The girl might think, Girl Scouts is a blast. I love it. I love my friends, and I'm going to keep coming back forever. Um, but the parents might be thinking, she makes crafts, and um, it's the same kids that she hangs out with at school, and... It costs money to participate, and this is a thing little girls do in elementary school. Now, if that's what the mom thinks, or that's what the primary guardian thinks, most likely that kid's not going to continue to come back, right? And that's going to hurt retention. So you need to know what your parents' perception is. Um, so anyway, it might be helpful to ask those kinds of questions of parents at the beginning of the year, and then again at the end of the year to see if the answers have changed. And hopefully, if they have, it's for the better. <laughs> In general, we try to keep our surveys fairly consistent from year to year so that we can try to measure from one year to the next. All right, so that's what we cover at our beginning of the year parents meeting. And I wanted to talk about this because I heard some leaders um, talking about it at a service unit meeting a couple of weeks ago about how they wish that there was an existing agenda template. Um, and they were specifically looking for a PowerPoint, which, you know, I really don't do that with my families, but that would probably cut down on some of the handouts and the papers that I gave them. I just personally like the information to be specifically physically in their hands. So I think for me, I would probably still end up doing all the printouts. Um, so it just, in my opinion, wasn't necessary with my troop to do both um, a PowerPoint and um, the handouts. But I love slideshow presentations, so... It's kind of funny. Like, normally I'm the type of person who makes slideshows for everything. Anyway, I hope that this was helpful to give you some ideas about what to cover with your parents and why a beginning-of-the-year parents meeting can be really very productive and constructive for you as a troop leader. All right, talk to you soon. That's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story, too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, Check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.